Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for another opportunity that we have to meet with you now. We ask, Lord, that you speak to us once again as we continue with our study on the book of Haggai. We thank you for everything that you have been doing in our lives all this time we've been studying. Thank you, everlasting Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We began to conclude on the book of Haggai. And in our conclusion, we noted that God spoke through prophets in the Old Testament. Therefore, he spoke through Haggai to the people of Israel at that time. But in the New Testament, he speaks to us through his son, the word, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so today we have the word of God through which God communicates to us. And so we noted that we must focus on the Lord Jesus Christ and make his word our food. We noted that the greatest revelation of God can be found in his word. Even when you see something and they say this is God, it must be confirmed by the word of God. We also noted that the greatest power of God is manifested in his word. And any power that is displayed that is not in conformity with the word of God is not the power of God. So it is important that we recognize the place of the word of God for the believer today. We noted so many things that the word of God can do in the life of a believer. We spoke about the word of God being of value for salvation, for wisdom, restoration of the soul, and so on and so forth. Today we want to look at, still concluding on the book of Haggai, the work of God and God's workers. As we went through the book of Haggai, we noted that God is concerned for his work and he is also concerned for his workers. We saw how he spoke to them about their abandoning his work and also how he spoke to them about the fact that they themselves were not making themselves available to him. I want us to understand one thing, that God is not a taskmaster. He does not force us to work. He is not like Pharaoh who asked the children of Israel to make bricks without straws. God is loving and holy and he works even when he asks us to work. We have seen that God works through us. The Lord Jesus Christ said, my father works and I work. He also said, I see my father work and after I've seen what he is doing, I now come and repeat that thing for you to see. He said, my father who dwells in me does the works that I do. In other words, God does his work through us. In Mark 16 verse 20, the Bible tells us that as the disciples went about preaching, the Lord was with them confirming his word, which they were preaching with miracles, signs, and wonders accompanying the word. So God does not ask us to go and do his work and then he will abandon us. In Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5, God said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So whenever God asks you to do anything, I want you to know one thing, that God is with you in that thing that you are doing. God does his work through us by his spirit whom he has given to us at salvation. And indeed, it is the only way we can do good works. Anything that we do that is not inspired by the Holy Spirit, that is not initiated by God, that is not implemented by God, is dead works. In Acts chapter 10 verse 38, the Bible tells us how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power and how he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. So whatever it is that God asks us to do, we know that he's the initiator and he will inspire us 
and give us the grace and the strength to do it to the end. Also, we want to note that doing God's work does not mean that there will not be challenges or opposition. Indeed, the people abandoned that work because of the opposition that came from the people who were occupying the land before they returned from exile. Unfortunately, they abandoned the work rather than going back to God and seeking his face whether to continue the work or not. We must appreciate that even though God is asking us to do something and indeed God is with us in doing it, we will still receive opposition and challenges. The fact that it is God who is asking us to do it is enough to cause Satan to oppose us. For example, the Bible tells us in Mark chapter 4, 35 to 40, how the Lord Jesus Christ told his disciples that they should go over to the other side of the river. But as they began to go, a storm arose. While the disciples were scampering, wondering what to do, trying to bail out water, the Lord Jesus Christ was in the boat sleeping. And when they woke him up, he rose up and said, Peace, be still. And they continued on their journey until they got to the other side. But on that occasion, Jesus chastised his disciples for their lack of faith. When God asks us to do something, we require faith to go through with it. The enemy will oppose us because he knows that that work that we are doing is a good work in the sight of God. If we were doing a work that is not good in the sight of God, the devil will not disturb us. And if you look at the story of when Jesus said they should go over to the other side by Mark chapter 5, we realize that the devil wanted to stop Jesus from going to the side because he was going to deliver the madman of Gadara and cast the devil out of that man. The devil knows that when God asks you to do something, it means that the devil is going to be sent out of that place where God is asking you to go and work. And so he will send opposition so that you do not do that work. Opposition can come in the form of bad weather. It can come in the form of a storm as we saw in Mark chapter 4. It can come from religious leaders. It can come from the government. It can come from anybody. But always remember that whenever God asks you to do something and you see opposition, you should know that if you have faith, God will see you through. We saw that when the enemies opposed the children of Israel in the building of the temple, it was Haggai who spoke the word of God and the work of God resumed in that place and they overcame every challenge that was thrown at them. Even Nehemiah faced opposition when he came to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, but he refused to be distracted. The apostles were opposed as they preached the gospel. Some were imprisoned, some were beaten, and some were even killed. But they did not let it distract them. And that is why we still have the gospel today. The Lord Jesus Christ said in Luke chapter 9, 61 and 62, that no man, having put his hand on the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom. When God asks us to do his work, we should focus on that work in spite of opposition. Opposition can even come in the form of discouragement. It can come in the form of procrastination. We must always realize that once our hand is on the plow, there should be no looking back. We should look straight ahead and be focused on where we are going to. There's the story that is told in 1 Kings chapter 20 of a prophet who prophesied to Ahab. The prophet demonstrated to Ahab how he allowed Ben-Hadad to escape. And the prophet made a profound statement. He said, while I was busy here and there, the prisoner that I was told that his life will be for my life if he escaped, he escaped. And then Ahab said, well, you have judged yourself. Since the prisoner escaped, then your life will go. And then the prophet revealed himself and said to Ahab, God gave you Ben-Hadad in your hand, but you let him go. 
Sometimes when God has given us something to do, we become busy here and there and we abandon the work of God. We must always be mindful of opposition and those businesses that come to distract us from the work of God. So regardless of opposition, challenges, distractions, and business, we must be resolute in focusing on God's work. And we must also remember that God is concerned for you, the worker. Finally, I want to remind us of Gideon's army. As they began to gain victory over the Midianites, and the Midianites began to escape, Gideon and his army began to pursue them. After a while, they got tired. And they needed sustenance, but their fellow citizens did not help them. They could have been discouraged and would have said, we are not going to continue to pursue. They could have said, after all, the people that we are trying to bring victory to don't even want to help us. But the Bible says that even though they were tired, they continued to pursue until they got total victory. The Lord Jesus Christ, before he left, finally said to Peter, Lovest thou me more than these? Feed my sheep. What he was really saying was, if you feed the sheep because you love me, you will continue to feed the sheep, whether they are happy with you, or whether they abuse you, or whatever they do, you will feed the sheep. If we love God, we will do his work regardless of the opposition. Our love for God will build in us faith and trust, knowing that God has given us an assignment and we must finish it. When it was time to go to the cross, the Lord Jesus Christ did not allow the thought of the pain and the suffering to distract him from going to the cross. Whenever we have the work of God to do, we must not allow our thinking to distract us. We must wholeheartedly go and do the work of God and finish it. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for reminding us about your work. Thank you because your work is done by you through us. But even at that, we know that you require our own input. Help us to exercise faith whenever we are doing your work. Help us to be tenacious in doing your work. Help us not to be distracted when we are doing your work and not to be discouraged when we are doing your work. Even when we are tired, help us to keep on pursuing. Even when there's opposition, help us to keep trudging on. Thank you, everlasting Father. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen.